Japan 2.0. Japan 2.0. These are your two favorite hosts. I am David. And I'm Matt. And we're coming at you today from Namba. We probably record in Osaka more than we do in Kobe, right? Uh, it seems to be that way. But I think it's because you come out to Namba a lot, or you come out to Osaka a lot. Namba is a new spot for us. Oh, we've never recorded in Namba before, yeah. but this area that we're at has some significance. Um, mm. I remember the first time I ever came to Osaka on a um, trip, David recommended that I, I check out the Namba Parks, which is a, a big shopping mall in the middle of town. Mm. And um, uh, he said the architecture is really cool. And uh, it, sure enough, it's like a really, really cool place. Yeah, the architect's name is Ando. I think Tando Ando is his name. Um, but it's amazing. Like, in this big city... Osaka feels a bit rough around the edges or a bit grimy, especially sometimes in the south side. Um, this place has just got like, trees everywhere, and it's probably got to be over 10 years old now, around 10 years old, but I feel like it's held up really well. Yeah, I think a lot of times you go to places and you go, oh, yeah, that was built in the early 90s or the 80s, you know? Show its age. Yeah, it shows its age, yeah. But this place, the architecture is... I very think timeless. kind of timeless, yeah. It looks like something it's very out of a, a Ghibli movie to me. Just because it, again, you're in the city, and if you see it from afar as you approach it, it just looks like a jungle. Right. And there's so many trees, and it. it's so different, the juxtaposition of everything around it. It kind of, like, there's a lot of plotted, potted plants up yeah. here, yeah. and I feel like the whole building kind of looks like a potted plant, mm. if you look at it from far away. I could see that, I could see that, yeah. yeah. We're um, on the ro- rooftop. It's called Namba Parks, in case yeah. we didn't say. Yeah, and it, yeah, we're on the roof, the eighth floor. And rooftops, maybe we'll give you a mini, a mini segment, but that's one of my favorite things in Japan, are rooftops. Oh, uh, yeah. Like rooftops at department stores and stuff, especially. They're not as crowded as other things are in Japan. They can be a little bit crowded, but it seems like people don't know about them. They feel very secret, and you can have like a moment of peace and some seclusion. I wonder if it's because there are tons of rooftops around town. <laughs> so, like, you know, there, there's not a huge... I mean, if the demand's there, there's enough rooftops for everyone to have have their own piece of a rooftop. So, like, in San Francisco, I've heard they started this initiative where if they're going to build a new skyscraper, they have to, like, plant a garden at the top or make it, like, a public space. Um, I wish Japan would do that. We're seeing tons of skyscrapers as we look out, and you can kind of tell... There's like helipad. I don't know what those are on top, but you can't go up there, right? I don't know. Like, I always wonder what's up on the top. There's usually like these um, gazebos and things, you know, on the top. And maybe they're lookout towers for the people that work there. Mm. I remember in Korea, they used to have like gyms or golf golf ranges on yeah. the top of buildings. I mean, those were high-end buildings, but mm. I wonder if the same thing happens in Japan. Yeah. I feel like the... They were in Korea, too, and I'd say it's about the same amount. But the ones that are here, are just they're always really, really nice. Yeah. Very fancy. Have you ever seen the buildings that have the um, symbol of the Tori? Like, it, it, the 
a symbol of a shrine, like a Japanese shrine, like a Shinto shrine or a Buddhist shrine? No. I mean, if I haven't, I haven't noticed it. Well, um, well, what I've heard is that if they build a building in an area where a shrine used to be, Mm. they have to put a shrine on the location. So sometimes they'll build a small shrine in the bottom of the building or near the building. Yeah. Or they will um, put a shrine on the top of the, the building. So you could find That's like cool. a... Um, if you are looking over a city, you could sometimes see tori, which are the Japanese orange gates yeah. on top of a building. And that's because there's a public shrine there. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if everybody wants you going in their buildings to check out the shrine at right. the top. And I wonder, that's an interesting rule, and I feel like you can kind of cheat that rule of being, all right, we'll give you a shrine, and it'll be like six inches tall, you know, down in the basement somewhere. <laughs> like, you know, how significant does well, it have to be? Karma's going to come back to bite you. Yeah. Speaking of Dori, I just went to the Thousand Dori in Kyoto. Yeah. Uh, and I was looking up the word Dori because Dori also means what in Japanese, you know? I'm not sure. It's a food. Dori? Yeah. A meat. <laughs> I don't know. Chicken. Is it yeah. chicken? Yeah, yakitori is fried chicken. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, but so those Dori mean like gate, like bird, uh, like a bird post. But I don't know why it's the same word, but the literal translation of Dori is like bird Huh. Well, I, I imagine there's some sort of uh, significance. significance. I feel like there is. Yeah. Yeah. You, don't, you don't know. Well, I don't know what it is, no. Yeah. But anyways. That, uh, <laughs> Ponder on that. Yeah, yeah. This was a nice little intro. Uh, but today we're talking about used goods, vintage goods, and um, uh, used, like, I don't Items. know. Yeah, warehouses and yeah. places like that. Recycle shops is what I know of them as being called out here. Yeah. I mean, some people might call them thrift stores. I forget what they're called in the UK, but they have a unique name. Pawn shop? No, it's not pawn shop, (laughs) but pawn shops are included. Um, But today we're going to talk about all those places where you could get used items. Mm. And um, for some people who are either planning to move to Japan or maybe you want to come to Japan and buy some some cheap souvenirs, you know, secondhand souvenirs, um, these places are great for... uh, I mean, all your needs. You could buy appliances, books, uh, DVDs, music. Yeah. I mean, there there are places that are available. I mean, you can find almost anything you need. That's right, yeah. I think any other shop I know of, if you're going to go shopping for anything, you can buy a used version of that. And I mean, in the States where we're from, I think when you think of vintage shops or thrift shops, the first thing that comes to your mind is, let's play this game again. Uh, Goodwill? I was going to count down. Uh, I was going to say Salvation Army so, okay. or, or Goodwill, which are the same thing, right? Right. So I guess that's a good starting point. You know, People who are speaking English probably know those places. Uh, again, I'm not really sure about the UK. Now, I've heard, I mean, I've heard mixed things. I know Japan has been, um, they were kind of fanatical about bringing over used clothes. Yeah. But I've also heard that, like, most people want to get rid of their, like, old appliances and they don't they don't really go to used shops to pick up appliances and TVs and things like that yeah I mean I think you bring up a couple there's a couple of facets to that question the first one is that the Japanese people like used things or is there a stigma around used items yeah I'd heard in Korea that there were and in Korea there definitely was nowhere near uh, the amount of used shops on so many levels from video games to music to appliances to clothes used shops are pretty rare there and I'd get excited whenever I saw one 
here, they're a dime a dozen, they're everywhere, they're part of life. So I would have to say that, yeah, there isn't so much of a stigma, just as much as in the West. I mean, I think most people probably prefer new things, but um, I don't think it's like, oh, you're, you're poor, you have to buy something used. Because something I'm sure we'll expand on later is the prices on certain new shops here are very expensive. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's not a good clothes. deal. Yeah, Clothes sometimes I look at, like, like Vans are a good example. You can buy a pair of Vans here for 40 bucks for like the basic one. I'll go to the used shop and see them for almost the same price. I mean, yeah, there's like special editions that cost more at the used shops. I'll see them for like 200 bucks. But um, yeah, it's like the same price and I don't get it. I don't know, maybe people just want the used look that's well, so in fashion that you'll pay the same thing. I don't, I don't know. I think because of, um, you know, magazines like Popeye and, and Boone, which are two magazines that you and I used to read in the... I still, um, still read. Oh, we still read, right. But they um, we used to buy these in the 90s and, or the late, the early 2000s. And um, I think in those magazines, they always showed vintage clothes as prized possessions, kind of. And um, they would show collectors that have all these different vans and stuff. And I think some of that idea goes into these used used places. I think that they think, um, you know, because it's scarce, it's valuable. And because it's like an old pair of vans, right, then you're, you're if you want an old pair of vans or if you want this particular pair, you're not going to be able to get it anywhere else, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Unique, the uniqueness is also important. So yeah, again, I'd say like some people probably really like used stuff more than you know new items, and then other people probably don't really like used stuff. But there's definitely this niche market that I think strongly likes used items in Japan because you'll find a lot of very curated shops um, where, again, I don't know about appliances, but talking about clothes or music or games or movies where the prices are pretty high. Yeah, it's yeah. not Salvation Army. I mean. What's the most expensive thing, and they're going to be clothes? Nothing more than fifteen bucks. I mean, right? maybe furniture. You know, is probably the most expensive thing you'd find in like a Goodwill or Salvation Army. But you wouldn't but, really find things there that would cost more than what they were when they were new. If that makes sense. Yeah. Or I know in Japan, I'll see like a Coca-Cola T-shirt. It's fifty bucks, just a regular T-shirt. I found the old grocery store that I worked at in Michigan. It's a Michigan-based company. It's not a, it's a huge franchise. Uh, it was my old uniform that I wore in high school. I saw it out here, and I was dying to buy it, but it was $45, and I couldn't buy something for $45. That you'd I, probably have I at home free. in a box or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's a huge difference, like I said. is Back home, if you do go to the right neighborhoods, right? I'm sure in L.A., there's, like, these curated, cold, expensive vintage shops, right? Yeah, yeah. But even, like, a good one like the Buffalo Exchange, yeah, I yeah. feel like the, the prices aren't as high uh-huh. as they are. Now, we, I mean, we're coming from an Osaka, Kobe, um, maybe Kyoto and Tokyo standpoint. I mean, these are big metropolitan cities, right? So I think if you're going to go to um, these cities, of course, there are going to be people who curate it better. I think the real secret is to leave the city just a little bit and find these used shops because if you go outside of like the main the main areas your Americamuras your Tokyos your Shibuyas your um, if you go outside those areas that's where you find the good deals yeah and then you don't have people 
they're not as picked over either, right? It's probably right. people aren't as like-minded as you. Yeah. You're hoping to get a lot of old people and moms and kids and stuff, and, you know, when you find the cool item. The nice thing about the curated shops is you know they have some rare items or some rare, rare things that you might be looking for, and they have, you know, the volume, so they're going to have more of it. But if you go to the ones outside, you, it's, that's like the, the digging mentality. You could look and look and look and look, and you might find that one gem out of, you know, rows and rows of kind of crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think we should start talking about a couple of big chains out here, and then we could go into some of our favorite yeah. small shops. Do you want to do the segment of the show before we get into that? Uh, yeah, we could start our segment. Just to kind of break it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we go to our, a commercial break? Yeah, commercial break. Go. All right. See you. Peace. Classic Japan 2.0 segment for you, which is called Know Your Chain. And today we're actually going to break the rule a bit and it's Know Your Chains, but there's a theme around these chains. And what is the theme? We're talking about gudon restaurants. Mm. And gudon is basically a rice bowl with meat. Yeah, beef bowl. Yeah, beef bowl. And uh, there are a number of different chains that sell these beef bowls and they're very cheap. They're probably like, uh, there's a uh, phrase out here called one coin, mm. which means like you only spend 500 yen yeah. to buy to buy something. You could With one 500 yen coin, you could get a good meal. I think if you just got like the medium straight beef on rice, it's probably like 350, four bucks. Oh, it's right? even cheaper, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, could, you could choose which, uh, which, you know, the amount of rice you want. Mm-hmm. So if you're really hungry, you could get like the large size. It probably costs around 500. Yeah. Now, there's three big chains, and I'm sure there's more, but there's three of the big franchises. They're in um, every neighborhood, in every major city, yeah. and probably even in every small city, too. So the one, the most famous one, I think, in the West, because they actually have them in California and Hawaii, is Yoshinoya, right? Yeah. And that, to me, still is, like, the coolest one. I don't know why. I mean, it's the one I knew about first. I like their logo. The stores always seem to be a little bit, not always, but are mostly a little bit cleaner sometimes newer a little higher class they seem like it to me yeah I think so um, the one I have in my town is called Skia yeah, yeah. it looks like Sukia slur it together um, and then the one I've actually never been to still but I think you know very well oh man is, I have one across the street from my work yeah. it's called Matsuya yeah and, which I love the name yes of it course. sounds just like me right yeah yeah <laughs> so I'm gonna guess Matsuya is your your favorite of the three, or uh, I think I like Yoshinoya best. I think um, I like Yoshinoya best. Yeah, too. I think their quality is a little a little bit higher. Mm. I mean, they they are a little more expensive, and then they ha- also have um, seasonal items that are a little bit better than the rest of the. Mm. Each of them have their own seasonal items, yeah. and they have their strengths and weaknesses. And Yoshinoya is they have these uh, like kimchi chige. 
They'll have chigues. Yeah, yeah, so um, they have a kimchi chige and a gudon chige, which is like they give you rice and meat and they boil it in a uh, pot. And they'll actually bring it out with a, a flame under it. Yeah, yeah. Which in the United States, you know, Yoshinoya doesn't do this because especially for five, people will burn themselves five or six or bucks. You know. Yeah, it's really cheap, and they bring it out. There's the a flame, flame is under like it. A, it's like a camping flame. Yeah, yeah I it's, forget what it's those one are of those called. Temporary ones yeah, you light and they engulf and. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was looking up the numbers about a year ago. I'm going to just try to go off memory. I heard that Yoshinoya is the most popular. It has the biggest market share. But fast um, approaching is Sukiya. And the big thing that Sukiya did was typically beef bowl or gyudon was seen as a man's food. That's something we should talk about later, but there's definitely like men's foods and women's foods in Japan. Um, and beef bowl is definitely a man's food. Sukiya was the first one to say, hey, we have 50% of the demographic that we need to target. Let's try to market towards, like, women and kids. Yeah. And they brought out a lot of non-beef bowl items. They're, like, the first to do that. Yeah. I think traditionally, Yoshinoya only had beef bowl, and that was it. And Sukiya was the one that really, that, for example, they have, like, tuna don or, you know, tuna on rice, which is what I usually get. Oh, they had, like, an eggplant and beef one recently. Sukiya, okay. Yeah. And then, since then, then they were, like, really gaining... Uh, Yoshinoya and again I've never actually been to Matsuya but I assume they had to kind of copy and add more things to the menu as well well the sukiya near me does like curry and it's some of my favorite curry I love that curry yeah too. their curry is some of the best curry you get the cheese one the cheese, it's beef and cheese it's no I haven't got the beef and cheese one yet but I usually just get their basic curry and it comes with these really good pickles and miso mm. soup I get the set that comes with the piece of tofu okay and I never I always take it to go you ever eat there uh, yeah, I eat there all the time because it's near my work too. I have all three of them near oh, my work. Cool. So, um, Udon is considered fast food. It's really like the Japanese McDonald's. I think that's why it's so popular with men. It's like catered towards businessmen who are just get like 30 minute lunch breaks or maybe it's, 15 minute lunch breaks. You get to breaks. go, it's so fast. Um, if there's not like a line or something, you walk in, you order, I get my food, probably 120 seconds, literally like two minutes. Um, it's pretty nice. Yeah, and. The kind of the experience is kind of interesting too. You come in. You, usually they have a, a machine, like a vending machine, and you put in your money, hit the button, choose what you want. You know, and really? yeah, I've never been to that kind. We get the mine ticket. Always have people. Mine always have the tickets. Oh, nice. Our, all of them around here have a ticket. And then uh, when you take the ticket, well, Suki, uh, Sukiya is the only one that doesn't have tickets actually, but um, Matsuya and Yoshinoya both have tickets, and. Um, when you take the ticket to the counter, they, they'll go run and get it for you. It's kind of almost like a diner because this, the way they have the seating is like, like Yoshinoya diner booth. Especially feels stuff. like a diner to me. Batsuya as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it depends on the chain that you have in your neighborhood. They're all kind of slightly different. Mm. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, they're convenient and cheap. Mm. And Here's the hack for you. Is they're really filling. Um, I used to always tell everyone, you go out to Japan, you think Japan's expensive. It's not. Of course, convenience stores, we've talked about the death already, but go to Gudan. It's meat, beef, like not horrible quality beef, pretty solid quality beef on rice for four bucks. Like you get the soup and stuff on the side, maybe you pay five bucks for your tofu and you're full. Like I will say, I think everyone's overdosed who's lived out here and you're new, you don't have a lot of money, myself included. Uh, I have a heart. My first six months, I ate there all the time because it's easy. You don't need a lot of language. But then my second year, I don't 
think I ate there like once or twice. I just, I'd smell it and I couldn't do it anymore. Well, now I'm on my third year and I'm like, okay, I can do this again. I just need to do it sparingly. Yeah, I've been eating a lot of, taking a lot of lunches to my work. Mm. And uh, so I used to eat at Matsuya all the time. Yeah. And now, like, I eat there maybe once once a month or something. And I actually really look forward to eating there. Like, I, yeah. I get the craving for it. And I'm yeah, like, once oh, yeah, month. today is like a Matsuya day. I'd say once or twice a month is yeah. a pretty good amount. Um, but, yeah, it's true. When I first came out, I mean, I was eating there all the time. Yeah. 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 I, I still was eating there all the time up until, like, a couple of months ago. Yeah. So be careful. Don't eat there too much. All right, well, that was Know Your Chain, and we'll come back with a bunch of uh, vintage shops that and used items, recycle shops, uh, that you could uh, go and visit. Okay, ready? Uh, we'll be right back. talk to you about a bunch of shops and I went into this episode not really I knew this is one of my favorite topics but I guess I just haven't been to one of these recently so I wasn't really on my mind but as we've gotten talking about it I've gotten really excited and um, I think there's one that I always told Matt and our friends Tom when it comes to clothes these places have really cool clothes and I think maybe I'm the one who likes it the most I haven't really heard of you guys really shopping there but um, there's two big branches, and these are called Ragtag and Kindall. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they sell a lot of, like, designer or super expensive clothes um, for much cheaper, about half the price usually. Um, and then they also, and this is the gym, they sell, like, things that don't really have big brands, and that's where I want people to go look. And it's only 10 or 20% of what they carry, and then, again, it's like a digging mentality if you're in the records. Um, stuff hanging on the wall isn't for you you need to go and look through the piles to find the cool 10 20 shirt uh don't be turned off by they will sell things for 200 200 in there because it's gucci or dior or something for people that are into that kind of stuff um but for me i've mentioned before my favorite japanese clothing store is called beams and they'll carry a lot of the beam stuff there for 40 bucks 50 bucks like you pay at uniqlo but it's used um and yeah, normally these things might cost two or three hundred dollars. Um, so Ragtag and Kindall for me are shops I, I really really like. It's also fun to look at some of that expensive stuff. I would never have the guts to walk in to Gucci and, and try on a jacket or even touch the things there, you know? Yeah. But when you're in these shops, um, it's just yeah, it's very low key. And Take not, it off the rack not, and oh, put yeah, it on. Yeah. Try on this thousand dollar <laughs> jacket and no one's watching me. And, Oh, okay, this, this is cool. Honestly, like... Strutting in front of the mirrors? Yeah, is that yeah. what you're doing? Uh, you, you know, walk in there, ripped up jeans and a t-shirt and not, yeah, feel weird. <laughs> uh, so I think that's a... I love those shops and I have a hard time buying things new anymore, honestly. Um, I always check there first and hope... I'll check like 10 of those stores and if I can't find it after 10, then I'll just go buy it new. Yeah, used clothing is great. I mean, there's a lot of shops. You'll find a lot. Yeah, um, those are those are two, like I said, more kind of high-end. Um, but you yeah, have tons that just carry random, a lot of Americana. I think a lot of the clothing comes from the States. I kind of hinted on earlier. Um, yeah, clothing, used clothing out here is awesome. It's yeah. a lot of smalls. So if you don't wear a size small, uh, that could be tough for you. 
Yeah. Uh, we, we have a hard time. Us yeah. being tall, you, pretty tall guys. Yeah, and I'm, you know, mid-30s not too. I don't know if I want to wear smalls, even if I can fit into them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, out here right now, the, you know, the style's getting a little baggier than it yeah. has been in the past. So yeah. uh, maybe it's going back to the 90s, yeah, you know, which sure. we were hoping for, right? Yes. Um, yeah, so the next place I'm going to talk about is kind of a place that does a little bit of everything. It's called um, Hard Off. Mm, Hard Off is and a staple. Hard Off is a staple. It's in every major city or uh, even well, in like smaller cities, they usually have one one or two. So the easier to find version is Book Off. Yeah. And they specialize in books, but they do carry other things too. Like you always carry video games at Book Off, right? They have video music. games, music, um, magazines, books. Yeah. Um, sometimes they'll have some other things, but uh, that's typically what they specialize in. Uh, but hard offs are a lot better. And they're harder to find. They they are a little bit harder to find, but I think um, I think most places have a hard off. They're, they're not convenient areas. They're never centrally located. Much like a Walmart or a Costco, you have they're on the outside of the city. You kind of have to travel to get there. Luckily yeah. for me, I have one in walking distance. But most people don't. In Osaka, there's not really an easy one to get to, right? No, not really. There's one that's south of us. There's one not too far from where I live. It's probably 45 minutes okay. and a train ride yeah. and then maybe like a 10-minute walk. Yeah. So it's not too bad. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's not super convenient either. Mm. Um, but hard offs are great because they do appliances, they do furniture, musical they do musical instruments, which is one of my favorite sections to go to. They have records, they have um, video games, and they also have like a lot of like uh, like anime stuff, statues, yeah, and they have and everything. They, it's like a Walmart to be honest, but everything's used. Yeah, it's all recycled goods, and they tend to have like higher quality than just your average recycle place you know they don't typically have you know the crappiest crappiest like phones just like a box full of you know crappy old phones or something you know i mean they tend to have they like have, they do have a junk section they do they have do, junk they sections they do carry yeah. stuff but i think it's, it's either free or like a dollar yeah it's yeah. really cheap and um yeah unfortunately some of their things can be a little like like you were saying, there's a little bit of curation, so they could be a little it's hit, um, it's really, pricey. Yeah. It's really hit or miss, actually, with the pricing. Um, I find, for me, like, I like that snowboards there and skateboards and stuff, and they're so overpriced. Yeah. Ridiculously overpriced. It's like they're charging 90% of what you pay for the new stuff. But my wife is crazy about the baby stuff there. She says the deals are amazing. Like, she's paying 5%, 10% retail. So I think they, depending on the category... Uh, as well I know for selling Albert our previous guest on our show he's tried selling a lot of things there he said that's a huge rip off and I don't think it's just uh, hard off I think it's generally a um, buyer's market in Japan because uh, of space people need to get rid of things and they give you very very low amounts well, well I mean it's really difficult to get rid of things in Japan yeah. so um, I think that that's part of the reason why people uh um, or why these used recycle places only pay low prices for anything you take because um, to get rid of things you need like special stickers from the city yeah, uh, you have bag. to pay pay the city a lot of times yeah. we just recently bought a refrigerator from an um, electronics shop yeah, and they bad. said do you want to do you want to um, 
us to take away your old refrigerator, and it was going to be 40, 40 bucks. For them to take it. Yeah, so we said, no way, hey, we'll just sell it ourselves. Have you done that? Uh, we're probably going to sell it this weekend, okay, yeah. Potential. And uh, which actually yeah. is a good transition, transition to how do you uh, sell it? How do you sell it? Well, there's a great thing for um, especially for foreigners here in um, Japan. It's called Sayonara Sales, yep. and Sayonara Sales are uh, you can find them on Facebook and you can find them with a Google search. It's really easy to find. Yeah, this like we have local ones, right? You search by your area. Uh, ours is Sayonara Sale, Osaka, and Kansai, right? So um, they just put used things, and people sell whatever they have. You know, if somebody's going to go back to the United States or the UK or to Thailand or wherever they're going, they'll uh, post all of their stuff. And because they don't want to pay all the fees, and you know, for getting rid of their stuff, they'd rather just sell it for dirt cheap. I mean, that's what we're doing. If you guys want a refrigerator, look up the Cyanar sales. I've heard there's a lot of weirdos on there. Like I've only bought, I've never sold on there. And whenever I buy it, they're always like, oh, man, thank you guys so much. Like, you don't know all the weirdos we've had to deal with selling this. We bought um, strollers on there. We bought a king-size bed. Um, yeah, those are the, the last two we bought. I saw this. turntables on there yeah, recently. I saw, tables. like, um, uh, televisions and washing washer-dryers and, yeah. like, all sorts of great stuff. And they're really cheap. Really, really cheap. Those are, for sure, the, the cheapest places to look. Yeah. Now there are hassles to it, such as going how you're gonna get it to your house and yeah. if it's a big item. I think that's why people are so stressed about it and they say like they're dealing with weirdos. I mean we've talked to about two or three people who expect us to get some to deliver it to them and we can't do it. We don't have a car or anything. If they need to get a refrigerator for dirt cheap, they have to figure out how to get it to their home, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah anyway, so sign our sales are awesome. Again, it's pretty random what you get, but the prices are going to be really tough to beat. Um, yeah, a lot of times people are selling like everything you need to get started, like because they're leaving Japan, you know. So it's like not only do you need a fridge, a washer, dryer, a microwave, you get it all, and it's way cheap, especially if you just buy it all in one go. And right. a bon- a bonus to this is just Craigslist, because Craigslist is, is almost the same thing. Do people use Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. you could use that. Yeah, 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 I know they exist. I think that's where we got our, our refrigerator, our first refrigerator, yeah. and our, our washing machine. So um, Craigslist is great too, and it works the same as Sign RSL basically. So you should check out that website if you're coming. Yeah. Uh, I smell bananas in the air. <laughs> bananas are in the air. You know what that means. Yeah. One of us is having a stroke. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think other. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a place I did want to talk about. So um, for otaku of any any shape or form, yeah. uh, there's a great place that. Uh, you should check out these places are kind of hard to get to they're kind of usually on um, uh, on in places that are kind of out in the middle of nowhere and they usually require driving so this is a franchise like they're a company uh, yeah it's, they're all over Japan you can find these all over the place but um, they're called Kaiho Soko Kaiho Soko and they're basically like a used warehouse. And they, what they sell, they do clothes. They have vintage clothes, mm-hmm. vintage shoes. And then they also do um, music, CDs, and uh, uh, all sorts of otaku goods. So how's it different otaku from, from Hard Off? More, it's more just more otaku stuff. They have um, these huge sections of like Japanese, like the, the anime statues, 
uh, huge air sections of m- manga and anime. They have DVDs. And then they also have um, a great video game section. The nice thing about these places are that they're, um, uh, they're cheap. They're cheaper than your hard-offs and your super potatoes, which is a used game shop all over, you know, in the major cities in Japan. Yeah. If you want to know about used uh, music or video games, we have whole episodes on that, so we won't expand on it here. Go, yeah. go listen to those past episodes. So but this, But we... Matt found this place maybe after we did the video game one. So yeah, so I really, I really had to like to get out there was a bit of a challenge. We had to, we had to uh, take a train and then walk for like twenty minutes. So if you have a car, it's a lot easier to get to. But um, they usually have like weird statues in front of the building. Like uh, the one I went to had a sphinx and. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes they have dinosaurs and different things in the, um, like out in front of the building. It reminds me of Mandrake. Yeah, it's kind of similar to Mandrake, which is another used otaku place. Yeah. Um, uh, Mandrakes are usually in in the Big cities, cities but so they're yeah, more expensive, right? They're a little bit more expensive, but they're great places to know as well. So for otaku, you could check out. Otaku. saying otaku, yeah, <laughs> otaku. Cool. Yeah. Um, you can check out these places: the Kaiho Soko and then Mandrake. Yeah, yeah. nice. I think that kind of covers everything, right? I, I mean, we covered quite a few places. So I, I mean, Japan's a great place to get used used items and used things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that anybody that comes out here should check out some used used places and whatever your interest is. Nice song you gotta do a song yeah have we done half B yet I don't think we've done any half B right. yet I think yeah. we should do half B okay on this one and he's on an awesome record label I really like him I'm starting to like him more and more it's called Second Royal yeah um, I don't know any of the other artists by names but they have a lot of like free mixtapes and stuff on their website oh really you just listen to them and they're awesome and they're really easy to get uh, Matt and I are, are DJing this Sunday and one of the ones I'm excited to play is just a second uh Second Royal compilation. Mm. It's really good stuff. And I, again, it's all in kanji, the names. I don't know who anyone is, but they're always great. Yeah. A lot of like, how would you describe the music? It's very indie, underground. Half, I mean, Happy is like in beat breaks. He's like, like, he's like breaks, like European break records. Like, uh, they, they kind of don't call them that anymore. I mean, breakbeat is such a different genre than it was like 10 years ago. But um, Happy... Yeah, he's kind of house. He's kind of breakbeat. Yeah, he's kind of like ambient. It's just like chill background yeah, music too. Yeah. I mean, every album is is different, of course. But Happy is really really awesome. Uh, the song I'm gonna play for you is called Cool Herb. I hope you like it. It's a bit more of a hip hop vibe from him in terms of production, uh, but his music really ranges. So check him out for sure to get the whole idea of Happy. We had a bit of technical difficulties. My iPhone actually broke, so this recording was in two parts, and I can't retrieve the second part. But basically, we were done. Japan 2.0, we're all over the internet, all over all social media. Uh, We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We just have a new blog that I've been working on, and I'm pretty proud of the way it looks. There's unique content on that blog. Uh, It's japan2.0.wordpress.com. But we put some links to those things up on Facebook. So anyway, check us out. Uh, Matt made an ultimatum. Uh, 
if you review us on iTunes, whether it's a good or a bad review, we'll mention it and we'll, we'll read it on the podcast because uh, those reviews really help. Hopefully it's a good one. <laughs> anyway, where we are in the world, hope you're having a great day. Hope you learned something new about Japan today. And see you next time. Bye-bye.